Michael O'Reilly, and you're listening to Beyond Notes from L Live Productions, a podcast for musicians, people that hire musicians, and music lovers everywhere. We'll peel back the layers of the music industry and find out what lies beyond the notes. It's Friday night, and this is Live with L Live. Welcome to Beyond Notes. I'm your host, Michael O'Reilly. And uh, tonight, I want to welcome a very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's a guitarist. He is a composer. He is a, um, he is a professor of music at Concordia University, and he leads his own jazz ensemble uh, called Letting Go. Please welcome Mr. Gary Schwartz to the show. Gary, how are you, man? Hello, Mike. Let me get the views. There we go. All right, Gary, thank you for coming on. This is so cool. Oh, this is great. This is great. Can I just say something before we get into it? Yes. Is that Letting Go was a project from a while ago. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, It was was a while ago, yeah. Okay, I uh, saw that in your in your bio. So that's why I referenced it. So I'm assuming that that no longer uh, that no longer is uh, happening. It's no longer happening because nothing is happening. So, uh, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there isn't uh, letting go. There isn't a Gary Schwartz project. There isn't. Uh, no. Yes. Well, there's a lot yes. of letting go. There's tons of letting go, you know, because, <laughs> that's, because that's what everybody is doing. They're letting go of all their shit and hoping they can get it back when things calm down enough, you know. Yes. Can I think we're all. In- we're all in the same boat, apparently. Yes. Well, uh, I am in Singapore. You just met Omar, our producer, uh, a yes. few minutes ago in Vietnam. Uh, well, yes. Asia, pretty much all of Asia, all the gigs, everything's on hold. And I know you're in Montreal, which is my hometown. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, we, we just had a, we had a little pre-show chat, and you were telling me it's the same thing. It's hard to go to the dentist there. Yeah. Well, uh, but at least the dentists are open as compared to the clubs that are just starting to open. And, um, and the truth of the matter is, is that they're opening with amazingly reduced um, space and just serious constraints. Uh, you know, plexiglass all over the place, which if you're a musician, you know how much fun that is uh, in terms of changing the sound that we've all worked for on our guitar or our saxophone or our trumpet, it just turns it into something else. But <laughs> the, uh, I mean, at least, at least, however, however um, tentative the, the the openings, at least people are trying, you know. Uh, and and now it's, I mean, when a club normally has 80 people, and um, like 20 people are allowed in, so you know. There's, there's a lot of room, and I think us as musicians, we have to um, really dig in and be appreciative of the fact that we do what we do. Because mm-hmm. before playing in front of anybody, and, and Mike, y- 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 you know all about this, is that you can play in front of a packed house and it's like there's nobody there, you know? So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we really have to, um, I think we have to be thankful to at least get something from from our audiences and 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 the fact that the clubs are taking a gigantic um 
I don't know if it's risk or if it's if it's just everybody is so desperate for real people playing music in front of yeah i think that's definitely part of it yeah it's getting tiring to not be able to go out with a friend go with a group of people and listen to some live music and meet and converse and uh the whole uh, uh human interaction thing now with with this lockdown yeah yeah other uh, otherwise uh, you are well familiar with this term it's the hang you know the hang yeah <laughs> And for anybody who doesn't know what a hang is, a hang is it, it works on the musician side. You get to play gigs, and then in between sets, you hang around with the people you play with, and you talk to people you haven't seen in a long time. Hopefully, it's not the people you've played with, or or are playing with presently, but um, just friends would come and see you. And because because music is is an incredibly social thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is a really tough. I think this is this is something that's really tough that's happened because of because of this amazing covid onslaught or should i say just disease onslaught mm-hmm. is that we are we we have we have to rein in our social contacts and our social connection and um can i tell you just a, a small small thing that just happened to me yesterday no absolutely man we have we have all this time to fill so please this yes i'm i mean you know i have a lot of questions but i i'm curious first up of your situation in montreal and canada what, what it's like at, at this uh well, well this it's point. it's uh, actually it's related to that i mean no one's going out or no one has gone out and needless to say other people buying your groceries has become a rather normal thing and I hate that, right? I don't want people to buy my food for me, but like, yeah. I mean, especially up until about a month ago, no one was going out here, like like all over the world. I mean, if you went out, um, it was, you know, it was kind of uh, like spy versus spy. You know, it's like you'd walk <laughs> along the street and you wouldn't <laughs> want to get too close to anybody because like, you, you didn't know what they were carrying, you know? Yeah, they might snooze um, on you. Well, and the scene, I mean, the scenes, obviously, they're getting, they're getting obliterated. Um, mm. uh, you know, the, the, the symphonies, now we, we see these, we see these blurbs from Germany and, 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 and other places about how they're going back into the halls, but they're being, they're being separated by plexiglass, huge panels of pe- plexiglass everywhere. And um, is it better than um, where we are, um, of course it's better because it, it, it will allow the players to play and that puts energy, excuse the LSD reference, it puts energy into the universe, hopefully positive energy, and it Absolutely. also is a very, is a very um, supportive thing in terms of regular people who, who want to hear live music can now if they want if they want the hassle of it because it is a hassle because it's a hassle for everybody mm-hmm. um, they can go and hear live music um, so we're improving but we're we're improving in inches where normally an inch wasn't even on on the distance meter we would mm-hmm. just go and do stuff and now it's like it's taking a lot no, longer you're, yeah you're three feet too close to yeah. me man like back yeah, up it's, you know uh, I know well, I don't have any experience with it because we still haven't, we haven't gotten to that point yet here, Gary, at least in Singapore. Uh, I think in, in other parts of Asia, slowly they're, they're doing that. They're moving towards restrict, a lot of restrictions in a club. 
and everyone's yep. spaced out and whatnot. In Singapore, we're still not there. I'm hoping uh, they'll get to at least what you just referenced, some kind of semblance of uh, norm normalcy again when people can go to a club, okay, you know, you have to be over here, they have to be over there, and, and if there's plexiglass stuff up, I don't know if that's what gets us at least to the next step to get to get back to work, then I guess we'll just uh, we'll work with it, right? Well, we, we don't really have a choice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because the thing is, is that, like, being a guitar player, and by the way, I'm a, I'm a guitar player. Yes, by the um, way, uh, Gary was my, uh, a lot of people on this, uh, on this call don't know, but Gary uh, was my professor. I studied under Gary at Concordia University in Montreal back in 19, I think it was 86 when I started Gary, or 87, when I was in your class at least. And uh, you've been referenced on the show because that's where George and I met was in that class. And that's where George met his wife. He met Julie in Concordia. We all met at the same time. So we have a lot of, there's a lot of history here. And I think, I remember getting tendonitis. I was playing at Nuit Magique. Oh, yes. And Gary was very kind to come in and sub for me because Gary can play many, many styles. I think it was an R&B thing and Gary is... A uh, very talented guitar player, can very versatile, and you came in and subbed for me uh, for a while. I think uh, I remember that way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Um, and, and 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 Mike, you, when when when, oh, oh yes, and by the way, for all you listener, all you listeners out there, um, you know, uh, uh, George and Mike were phenomenal students, really, just I know. Weren't we? Weren't we just to thank you, Gary? Thank you very much. Speaking oh, yeah, yeah, of, hey, hey, I want to know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stabbing you, really. Yeah, really. No, they no, were. No, they were. And I'll yeah. say, oh, may man, I just say why? I was... You know, just because they wanted to. They wanted, they want, they were hungry to find out stuff, you know. And even yes. if it was like, yeah. I mean, can you imagine George and Mike in a theory class at 8.45 in the morning, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, that was the year that, by the way, I locked the door on four people who kept coming late. And I was working a gig. I was working a gig six six nights a week or, or five nights a week or something in a hotel. And 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 I had my, my, my son was really young and did I ever bring did I ever bring him to class? Yes, you did. You did, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah. On the class many years ago, yes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, and 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 uh, you know, the boys, the boys were always on time. They didn't get locked out, you know. We didn't get locked out of class. I remember, I, I really have fond memories of the class. I remember enjoying it. But I remember going to school thinking, I suck. I think I must be the worst guitar player in this ensemble. Oh, my God. This is going to be so, like, I remember going to class just like, I have to read music now. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. Do you want to hear blues lick? <laughs> But I really got so much out of it, Gary, really. Uh, going to school for me, and George, George would agree, was so beneficial, man. Just um, we got to meet there, and we got to meet other musicians. We got to study with people like you and uh, just get some great experience, man, really. It was, it was really uh, uh, something I cherish even, even till, uh, till today, man. Well, um, I, I really appreciate that because I also feel the same way because I never got a chance to go to music school like in the normal in the normal order of things in other words you go to high school at that point there was no 
um, in between like junior colleges or anything and out of high school which means you're 16 then mm -hmm. you would go straight into a college or a university and of course the idea and berkeley had just kind of started up right kind of not around so the long. same time right well yeah like say within the decade let's put it like okay. that because okay. i'm talking about 68 and um okay. and uh, north texas state was going and university of miami was going and and um and there and uh, the new england uh, the new england conservatory was going but it was the new england conservatory was more uh contemporary classical perhaps right. uh uh um uh very modern approaches to music and they didn't really have like a jazz was, they didn't have a jazz no, no, yeah, but it, but, it, but it wasn't so much of a jazz thing. It turned it turned into like a third stream kind of thing a little later, you know, when mm -hmm. they got guys like Ron Blake and people like that and Mick mm -hmm. Goodrick and things like that to kind right. of who were teaching. And, and I think I think I think the, the thing that we all have to we all have to understand is that um, is that playing music for for quite a number of people was always supported by teaching to a point uh maybe maybe not our heroes when they became our heroes like guys like miles and stuff like that and and coltrane and and kenny burrell and and jimmy smith and 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 and, and clifford brown and like anyway i mean just you know and then and then when you got to later later uh, areas like what i call like what happened with the guitar revolution and and that's kind of like for me and for some of your listeners i i know uh, that it might sound like historical like, like way back like before there was before there were cars and before there was electricity on this, you know? but fire but really, we invented fire yeah that's fire it, that's and it. then <laughs> then we went to school after the fire thing that's, that's kind it of, that's it i know but, it's but amazing it, was, it sounds like a long time ago right gary but it's not it's not really yeah. you know i mean you're talking about you started off in classical the, music huh? i'm sorry you started uh teaching uh at the late late 70s when you when you joined yeah, the i started in i started in 78 or 79 okay, okay. and uh and i um i actually i was 25 years old because i was born in 1950 and and um i was 25 years old and in the fall I had just gotten off a couple of years of pr some pretty rough road road gigs and things like that, playing bars and and um, and not the kind of bars like the hotel bars that, that you guys are. Mm. The, 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 your your scene was like the deluxe version of of of, of playing bars, you know. Yes. The hotel so gigs I, were always yes. a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. It was a little bit more. Um, it was cleaner. Um, you, most of the time, you didn't have to worry about getting into a fight with anybody who got exactly. too drunk, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. and so I'm familiar. I, think, um, I mean, I'm familiar. One of my very first gigs was in a country band. I played a tavern on 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 St. Catherine Street. Well, I was still go. studying in school, and I just 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 did this gig, and people were getting thrown it on their heads, and there was no stage. We just played on the floor. They moved a couple of tables over. And right, right. I just, you know, he just played, he played country songs in G the whole gig. Right. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. And then you find out how creative these guys are because they had a million ways of playing G, you know. Yeah, so, right, uh, right. <laughs> you know, but I mean, when I, when I finally went into, when I got into school, um, 
I started to realize that I was way ahead of a lot of the people because <clears throat> I was very, I was a, I've been playing since I'm 10. Okay. Right. That's for, for my 10th birthday. I started, I got, uh, I, my, my parents and remember 10th birthday is 1960. So this is right when the whole kind of revolution of the sixties was just starting. Just, yeah, just, 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 just starting to, to, to smoke a little bit. Mm. And, um, and I mean, like, like, like I said, like I said to probably you uh, and, and many other people, I mean, there were times when I was a pro that I looked back at my, at my years of going to high school and I made more money playing gigs in high school than I did when I was a pro because there was so much more live music around and everybody wanted to hear live music. And, and, and I, I, really um mike this isn't oh the good old days you know no no oh, I, I totally i totally get it it's, it's changed not that. so much no it's changed That's so it. much uh, gary i was in montreal with my older son um uh, i think it's four years now and i wanted to show off to him all the clubs i used to play in with george and i used to play in so i brought him yeah. down you know i brought him on saint denis like the blues places i used to play in and that's a shoe store that's not there anymore and then i brought him on onto crescent street and and um, what is it, Mackay, and right, uh, that area used to be all these clubs, a bishop, and yeah, they're, bishop, yeah. and I'm like, well, that used to be a club, I wanted to show them, I played there, you know, when you were this high, and my goodness, I mean, the scene now, how much has it changed since you're referencing uh, this period, it's, uh, well, it, it, I mean, it's, it's changed, it's, well, now, I mean, everything is different, I mean, you got to remember, mm -hmm. Like people talking about what what's that funny site that people put their records on and sell them and and don't get don't get any money for them and um, you know, ro royalties and things like that. Uh, band, band camp or bandwagon. Band, band or, camp and yeah, well, yes. Uh, 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 it's not necessarily that because I think that's one of the better ones. Yeah. But 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 the point being that it's always it's always been difficult to be in the arts. Mm-hmm. No matter how much we look at our heroes and we go, well, they can do it, so we can do it, you know. Right. Well, you're right. We can do it. But then we start to understand what's going on, what you have to go through to actually be able to do that. And even in the university system, like just just to have uh, just to have a degree in music that focused on jazz was was was. was it was invisible. There was none. There was none. There was none of that. You know, it started started in the probably well. I mean, with Berkeley and 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 uh, and um, and uh, North Texas and Illinois and and some of the music schools that had music departments or faculties even, and they little by little they started incorporating jazz into their into their into their Ripple programs. Right. And and then ultimately like. Um, jazz and 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 offshoots of jazz and predecessors to jazz you know which is not a terrible idea especially if you're trying to make a living playing music mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it's um you know i think musicians they have to have our heads have to be hard hard as rocks you know because we're we're, we're not really um and excuse me for saying this and i know you know i'm an old guy now and i get it and you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. The fact that we're that I'm even looking at this little blue Logitech camera that's 
stuck on the top of my computer monitor and we are talking and you are in you are in asia and i'm yeah. i'm in montreal is exactly what i'm talking about it's yeah. it's miraculous but it's the fact is like you know when we were kids uh beam me up scotty what was this the star trek stuff i mean star trek you know if if you had thought i'll just take off what, what songs you want to hear hang on a second i'll push a button it's going to come out of the sky into here and i'll play it for you i mean that's it that's it's it. unbelievable that's man it. the tech the technology uh but it will never replace a live guy or live people and right. when you go and you see it and even and 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 I, I do dance gigs with, with, with a bunch of really, really great world-class people. And I'm, not, and I'm not exaggerating when I'm using world-class because mm -hmm. I know that anywhere in the world these people have gone, they're, they're noticed right away and they want to live in Montreal. And I've mm -hmm. known them for a long time. And, 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 uh, and people like Kim Richardson and Max Sansalone, a drummer, and Al Baculus, yes. a bass player. Yes, I know, and, I know and, these and, guys, yeah. Alan, you Alan Prater's still around. Prater's still around. Yes, yes, he's still around. And 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 there, there, you know, there are, there are for for all kinds of gigs, there is an overabundance of talented people. Well, Montreal has always, I think, Montreal has always been known for uh, as a city, as a resource. I think for musicians. Even when I came yeah. to Asia, I met a lot of people, and people would reference Montreal. They say, "Oh, you know, the last band was very good." And two of the guys are from Montreal, or three of the guys were, were from Montreal. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or from Quebec, but, I mean, know, from Montreal, it, or from Quebec. Yeah, well, just mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're from around here, you know, from, from the here. place where you, where when it gets to be November, you might need boots, you know. You may need like, boots and a jacket. That's right. That's and right. A warm jacket and and gloves. I this year, Mike. This year, I had a couple of people. There's, for some reason, there's a lot of people coming from South America. I have, I have, I have a student from Peru. I had, a, I have students from Brazil. Okay. Remember, you're talking about people who never saw winter. Okay. Yes. They're, they're not six years old. They're 35 no. years old. They're 28 <laughs> years old. They don't know. I, I, I love it. I, I, I love it, man. I love it. They don't know. Welcome have, to Canada. Well, Welcome. not only to Canada, but specifically to Quebec. When it gets to the October, yes. you need thick socks, you know. Oh, it, yeah, it's man. cold. Oh. You can't walk around with no socks, you know. No, no. You can't do I, that. I, I, You're going to get sick. I, I know. I've not seen snow. I hate to say this to you, Gary, but it's going to be it's going to be 22 years I have not experienced snow uh, yeah. well. since I left. I've, I go back, but I go back in the summer. My, my younger son is there. He just went to Toronto. Uh, in uh, in May and it, it was snowing. It was snowing in May and he had never seen snow before. He's seven. He grew up in Singapore. Right. So he was he was saying to his mother, "Look, there's snow in the." And his mother's it's it's May. It can't be snowing now, son. It's May. No, oh, look, right. mommy, there's white flakes. Isn't that snow? <laughs> it was like right. May right. Right. May fifth or something, and it was snowing. Well, well, can I can I tell you a secret? Yes. Can I tell you a secret? People of Toronto never saw snow May May twenty second either, you know. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> not like Montreal snow, man. Come on, with the St. Lawrence no, River no. there, the St. Yeah, Lawrence. Yeah. I grew up. I grew up in Point St. Charles. The St. Lawrence oh, yeah. River is right there. That's and it. You got that that lovely uh, breeze blowing off of the river in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, Mike. You would you wouldn't recognize the point now. I don't think it's, I would. 
I don't think it's I would. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty. It's getting it's getting a little shishier. And there's this huge um, now. If if I may deviate for a second, there's a <laughs> huge um, there's a huge uh, protest going on that they they want it, they want to rename the the metro stop that's in the point, which I forget what it is. They want to rename it um, Metro uh, Station Oscar Peterson because oh. Oscar grew up in the point. Grew up in Griffintown, right? Just yes, 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 yeah. yes. Along with you know, you know, um, there's yeah, uh, uh, Oliver, Oliver Jones, Oliver, him, yeah, you know, and and Ray Downs was here, and I don't know if if you heard, but Ray Downs just passed a couple of months I, ago. I, I did, and for I did, yes, sadly, yes. Yeah, yeah, and Ray, Ray and I, the last, uh, the last, we we became much closer friends the last five, six, seven years. We always knew each other from Concordia because he taught there, and so did I. Right. we started doing duo gigs together and uh and uh well you know it's there's there's something about uh, you read about it in books but there's there's something very very different about about hearing the history being passed on from someone who's sitting in front of you and then you, and then it's like okay okay so let's play this tune you know and it's like oh yeah okay perfect <laughs> you know it's uh that I, i've been very fortunate it because I, I, a lot of my schooling in my later life, and I consider myself a lifelong student, by the way, even if I'm not going to school, but I am going to school. It's just not, it's not just not in a building. That's it. You know, I get uh, it. I get it. Absolutely, Gary. And I also think that it's, it's incredibly important that we maintain that attitude of keeping on learning. And when you speak to great guys, that's the first thing they say is, is once you, once you think you, you got enough going for you. You're done. You're done. Yeah. If there isn't the next, what's next and what else? Can, absolutely, man. I've always felt the same way. And I, t I would tell students of mine the same thing. You know, you're, you're, ne you're never really going to get there. You're never really going to. It's just a journey to kind of, you know, if you're, if you're interested and you still want to learn, it's, it's just endless. Music can just go so many different places. And, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing, I think. You know, you can just take it on as a, you know, uh, your life's work and uh, it's so rewarding. You just don't go, that's it. I've, I've learned music. I am finished there. Thank you. I will, you know, it's just, um, I Been think there, it's great. Done that. Great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the beauty of it, right? Mm -hmm. is that, is that, and, and, and another amazing thing is, is that, well, even what's happening to you and me, like I could be your dad, right? Oh no, uh, no, no! I'm uh, you don't know how old I am. So you're, you're born in 1950. Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm not that far behind you, actually. I can't reveal this on my show, Gary. I might lose some some viewers if they yeah, find yeah, yeah. my true age. But I'm experienced too. Yes. Oh, oh. Jimi Hendrix wasn't the only one that was able to use that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet that you could be my kid. Uh, it's a bit I'll of bet. a stretch. I, I went to I went to Concordia as a mature, and I say with the air signs, mature student. I went uh -huh. back. Uh -huh. I was I had no I really had no intention of ever going to university, and I was studying. I think you remember Neil uh, was yes. teaching at Concordia. <clears throat> I was yes. doing private studies with him, and he suggested he said you should go to Berkeley. And I remember going yeah. to my grandfather, the only person in my family that had any kind of money back then. And I asked him and I told him how much it was. And he just looked at me immediately said, forget it. 
just yeah, forget just to be laugh. a musician. Yeah. You want forty thousand right. dollars to be a musician? Are you fucking? Are you crazy? So never mind. Right, right. So right. so Neil yeah. said, well, "You all, we have McGill and we have Concordia right here. Why don't you audition for both?" I went to McGill. It was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think halfway halfway through, I was playing ahead. Halfway through my audition, one of the one of the uh, judges or whatever you, they're called, the professor said, "Okay, man, take a solo," and that was it. That was right in the middle. I think I was playing some standard. I was halfway through the head, you know, thinking about getting to this solo. And he, he must have been tired. He just had a long day. He just said, take a solo, just like that in the middle of it. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, floundered, floundered completely, fell on my face. Thank yeah. you, McGill. Found my yeah, way to yeah. Concordia. And uh, they were a lot nicer when I got to Concordia. Andrew Holmesy auditioned me. And uh, who was it? Dean someone or... This is this is been many years ago. You've been there many years, and they were, they were just a lot a lot more understanding of, of my, my my situation that I I wanted to get there, but I, I wasn't mm -hmm. quite ready to get there. But I was willing willing to get there, or at least to try. Yes, you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, willing is willing is the prime word in that sentence. You know, you do yeah. what you got to do. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You you heard the thing. We try harder, you know, we try yeah. harder, you know, we try harder, the, the little caboose that's good, you know, the little that's, that's who we are. But after being there, Gary, I mean, if, if you've started, it was, it's been 40 years now. If you started yeah, in it's a 70, little more. Yeah, it's 41 a little more, I think it might, this might be 42. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. From, from, from when I read your, your uh, biography that you sent me very kindly, I, I didn't realize that. So when I saw the date, I, I did the math. And I was thinking of some questions to ask. I mean, that's quite an arc of uh, seeing students come and go over four decades. So I had a mm -hmm. few things I just was curious to ask. Um, you know, what do you feel? Um, is Do you feel a difference from when the, the students that you taught back then to the students that you're teaching uh, today? Or is it they're just as hungry and they're just as ambitious and they're just as... Um, into it as um, the students that were from from that uh, earlier time. Um, I, I think I think that there's a there's quite a bit of crossover in terms of certain kinds of characteristics. Um, I think um, I think uh, that that this this thing of getting into a situation where you're actually you're going to school to study music. I think what you what you have to remember, Mike, is that the infrastructure of music education has changed significantly since 40 years. Because now, imagine. now we have. Um, do you do you remember what the CJEP system is? For 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 people who are listening, it's mm -hmm. a junior college basically. Before it's, you get to university, you have to go to uh, the CJEP, right? Um, it, it certainly helps. It certainly helps to go to CJEP and they have music departments and they have science departments. You know, it's it's right. like a university, but at that level, a notch lower. Okay. Right. And and um, so so to answer the question of are the students what how do the students shape up as to say when you were going, um, I think I think the deal is that um, I, I think it's, it's basically the same thing. I think, generally speaking, there are periods where the students are better physically prepared because in some of the CJEPs, they have the deluxe 
that they have the good fortune to study with people who also give classes in university. So they're going in much, much more prepared than, than, than some in certain people. cases. Yes. In yeah. certain cases, they are right. going in much more prepared, but by the same token, the, 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 the music life has also kind of morphed or changed or right. Of course, you know, over the, that much time. Yeah. Yes, over that much time. Whereas, whereas earlier on, I mean, no matter how much we, we pissed and moaned that there weren't enough gigs, there were still lots of places to play. Yes. And now there are not that many places to play because of the because of 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 of, of computers and because of internet and a lot yes. more people are equating seeing somebody on, on a screen as the same thing as being there. Right. And so I think it draws off a certain percentage of the population that would at one point would try and go and catch a set of somebody. Um, uh, now yeah. that they can just go on, just go home and open their computer and see hours and hours and hours of, 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 of film of these guys playing in all kinds of places, clubs included. Right. Know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, with, with uh, the streaming uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so so the short version is, is that um, I think I think the system has deepened to allow people to get into music in in probably much deeper ways. Um, but but the, but whether it's any whether it's any easier, I really don't think so. Yeah. Do you find, Gary, that that uh, the students that enroll into the into to music program are they going in more with the mindset of coming out as a professional musician, or is it they want to become more into uh, other as like music therapist, or they want to go into teaching themselves, or is it is it most of them are going in with thinking I I want to be a musician, I want to go out and play, I want to get gigs, or has it changed so much that now it's like well there there isn't as many gigs. And uh, are they trying to offset that with, with other, other kind of studies, perhaps? I think, I think the one important thing that you forgot was the technology, is that now everybody knows how to record. And everybody, yes. in a way, almost has recording studios in their house because yes. of how we're doing this. Who could have thought yeah. 30 years ago that I would be talking to someone who, uh, P.S., I had a great time with, mm -hmm. Um, closed brackets, you know, but uh, yeah. but but who is living seven thousand miles away, like on, on a little TV could, screen, on a little box? How could how could that happen? You know, yes. so I mean, look, Pete, I think we have to we, we I think we have to put some some boundaries on on, on this on this conversation and, and and on this particular answer is that if you want to play, then you are going to find places to play, mm -hmm. and it could be a small coffee shop, it could be okay right across from Jimmy's there was also there was always a bakery on the corner of the on the corner of the street right near the Jean Coutu now I'm now I'm mentioning things that that are Montreal kind of very Montreal uh, yeah specific uh, around, around where Mike taught at, at school yes. you know yeah, uh, right. and, and there for a while in the pastry shop there were trios playing outside on the sidewalk okay. but they were playing for the hat you know 
Right. Now here's right. now here's the kicker of that. If you go back into the history of jazz, you would see people, our heroes, playing on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And people would throw money at them, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, is Long it different? Yeah, to play. That's, that's that's the first thing. Do you want to play or not? You know. And if mm -hmm. you do want to play, okay, now it's very different. And stylistically, it's 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 very different because Europe has finally made its way into the jazz world, and mm -hmm. it has influenced, you know, the swing thing and and the stylistic, the stylistic thing. Um, uh, the stylistic, um, uh, the, the stylistic bents are are very different. As soon as as soon as Europe Europe uh, started influencing um, uh, jazz more, um, we I, I, we started to see a, a tendency to get away from the blues and to get away from swing, and things started straightening up a bit, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying that it's that it's gone completely. Obviously not. But, 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 but the the, the boundaries between the styles started to blur. You know? Right. And especially, and I must say it is that for some reason most people seem to be enamored with electric guitar and rock kind of things. Uh, they That's still so. are, I guess. Yeah, incredibly so. Yeah, there still are. I know this is still. It's still. Uh, there's still a lot of students. There's still a lot of guitar players enrolling uh, at 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 school. There's still. I mean, as an instrument. Uh, yeah. Well, as an instrument, there's a fair number. But <clears throat> I was talking more about the influence of bringing that style into into jazz. You know, mm -hmm. into jazz swing jazz that swings. Uh, yeah. I think generally speaking. Uh, for for you musical reader for your musical auditors out there, the eighth note is straightening up. It's not it's not a swing eighth note anymore. It's a it's a That's variation right. of the swing eighth note, and what that and it makes it sound, especially from a rhythm section point of view, it makes it sound a little rockier. Yeah, right. I guess it uh, e rockier, more easily. I guess not easily digestible, but more accessible. Would would that be? Would you think that would from be from a true certain thing? sonic? Yeah, yeah, from a certain yeah. sonic point of view, yeah, maybe a little bit more digestible because it sounds like it's more related to, um, quote unquote, for lack of a, a better word, more commercial forms of music. Right. A couple of people are saying, hi, Gary, I've got an iPad next to me. Omar is in Facebook and he's uh, sending me some messages here. So, of course, Julie is Julie Murphy is here saying she wants to say hi to you. Okay. And of course, of course, George does as well. George is on okay. watching the yeah. show. He's yeah. one of hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's on watches it every Friday. <laughs> and uh, Leandro is also here. Leandro's from Venezuela. Wonderful musicians. We have a lot of Venezuelan musicians out okay. here now in the company. And right. unfortunately, they cannot go back to Venezuela because Venezuela will not even right. accept its own citizens back into right. back into their own country so right. Right. a lot right. of uh, the musicians we have are uh, unfortunately they're stranded they're like refugees stranded yeah. Yeah. uh lennon yeah. also uh lennon is lennon's thanks for coming on lennon is a wonderful drummer um yeah. a lot of people coming on and say hi watching the show and we also this yeah. is also a podcast this all also will turn into a podcast on spotify and apple music okay. do you listen to do you ever listen to podcasts um uh, apparently not no. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, this may be your time because you will be 
You'll be on a podcast. Yeah. You go into podcasts. But I, but I under, but, but Mike, uh, to, to be fair, I do understand um, that, um, like, welcome to the future. And can I just put this up? Mike, you know yes. what this is, right? Yes, yeah. yes. I've, I've got well, one over here, too. I know they're great. These things are really there. Yeah. Well, I just, that's... we just got ours a year ago, you know, so like. Um, okay. Look wow. out. And, and like, I've had to tell students, like, no. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Now, no, now we're gonna no, get into no. we're gonna get into some juicy. Uh, okay, now this is I was this is part one of my questions. Was you've seen it? I've seen it. The rise of technology, the way that it's it's changed things. Of course, computers, computerized music, uh, quantization, and uh, what, what's happened to music and people that have no right ever singing become famous singers because you can go in a studio and just. You know, whoop! There you go. Yours, yours. You sound yeah. great. You know, you got the look. Yeah. But um. Yeah. But pitch correction, Mike. They haven't got pitch correction yet. They haven't. No. They haven't got it. Oh well, they're doing <laughs> just crazy, to let you know, doing crazy things. But let me yeah. ask you, Gary. Uh, do the students do they bring iPads into class now, or is is uh is how how far is the technology in when you're teaching, for example? Well, I think I think it's important uh, for you to know what I teach. And then, and then, then, and then the, the question will almost answer itself. Okay, because I'm sorry, I have to apologize. I've been gone a long time. I studied with you over no, no. 20 years ago. No, no, so I, no, I can't no. even I imagine. I'm teaching the same courses. Mike, I'm teaching courses. the same courses. Okay. I teach, except uh, the odd time I'll teach a theory course. Um, you know, I have, I have gone into teaching improv on and off. Okay. But I've always taught playing courses, which means lessons. And, and a very unusual, unusual um, uh, 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 band that we have at Concordia called the Eclectic Ensemble. And the Eclectic Ensemble is, um, it's, it's basically, um, it's my version of a free-for-all, okay? Okay. Um, now, now <laughs> I, could see, I could see by the look on your face, you're going, what the fuck is he talking about? You know oh, well, what I mean? I'm dying to hear I'm dying to hear the explanation for the welcome okay. to class, everybody. Just okay. play whatever, play whatever you want. Well, in fact, um, um, as you know, I, I'm I'm very into Ornette Coleman, and I had a project it's in my notes here. I wanted to discuss it. I know that's what Letting Go was was based on his music. Yes, but yes. please, please, please stay on 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 the uh, the okay. ensemble first, if you, can, if you don't mind. So no, I, I don't mind. Um, so in fact, um, it's not just a free for all. It really isn't. What it is, is reorganizing music for the instrument. Well, it's, it's actually reorchestrating for real, really great music. And the music that I, that, I, that I choose as repertoire is always music that I wanna play or that I have played. So, what what's what's the actual conception behind that what is the actual thought what what the hell am i thinking about what i'm thinking is that if you play good tunes uh, uh, if and you play good arrangements and good could be could be substituted by great because that's where really i'm going i get professional arrangers to write charts for the most unusual instrumentation you wouldn't even believe it, okay? Just if I'm gonna go, if I'll just look at last year as probably one of the most unusual in my history of, of and, and I've taught that course for probably close to 30 years, okay? Um, 
horns are starting to make their way. They're starting to 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 um, disappear. Um, there's not as many people who want to play wind instruments. Okay, uh, really. For 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 whatever reasons there are, and it's not only at Concordia that I say that, and it's not only the guy with the weird ensemble that's saying that. It's when, if you look at McGill University, and at one point, for years and years and years, and it wasn't one point, it was for years and years, they had three full big bands, and UDM had two full big bands, and right. now they don't have a complete full big band. Wow, that's surprising. Because people, because people are not playing horns as much. They're not playing horns as picking up much. the horn as much as they used to, okay. Well, what, what do they do? What do they do? They're going into composition. They're going into electroacoustics. Right. They're going into recording. And so this, like sooner or later, especially, um, you know, like it's kind of like the joke, like what's worse than four trombones in a band? Five trombones in a band? I love trombone. I love yeah. trombone. So, mm -hmm. so, so I'm not saying that because I think that, but I, just, just, to, just to, to let you know that people are not playing wind instruments as much as they were at one point. So this is a definite problem. So last, well, the, the year that just passed was the first year ever since I'm teaching the eclectic ensemble, even before it was called the eclectic ensemble that I had no winds, but what did I have? I had two fiddles, a, a harp, a full pro, not a harpette, a real live harp, okay? A full-on full full harp. I had four guitars, which which at first was kind of uh, like I was taking, I, I, I took them uh, in spite of myself because I just, if they didn't play with me, they wouldn't be playing in any kind of band, you know? So I okay. took them. But what it turned out to be was, is electric, two electric guitars. And I, by the way, I have no allergy to processing of any kind on guitar. I have a ton of pedals myself. So, you know, I'm, I, I kind of, of like it, as a yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. So mm -hmm. two electric guitars, one nylon string, one electric 12 string, vibes, piano, electric bass, drums, and we were gonna have perk. And what did we do? The first term, we redid standards, and uh, and and we have someone. I have someone um, who who works, um, who does that stuff for me every year. Who who I have done several projects with, and he was in Letting Go too. His name is David Rishpan, very very talented guy, and really 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 into Brazilian music, like really okay. really into it. And and um, and so I it was through David that I actually became uh, I came turned on to this guy uh, a guitar player singer from Brazil who was actually a dentist his name was Ginga G-U-I-N-G-A and that's kind of like a pet name I don't know what his real name is but and this guy and he just turned 70 years old as a matter of fact so okay. we're actually peers I'm going to be 70 in October so um, okay. and we did that man and um, I've been doing that class for a long time and the idea, and there were people in this class who told me that their reading wasn't that great, and they worked their asses off. And as a matter of fact, um, I got in touch with Gringa, I got in touch with his manager, 
and we are going to record that. We're going to stock it with with other people from the school. We're going to stock it with 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 a bunch of pros. We're going to add some instrumentation, and and we're going to sh we're going to send it to him in honor of his 70th birthday. We wow. were supposed to do it in the spring, but then the shit hit the fan, and and, yeah. and the bottom yeah. fell out of the earth. So right. can't right. do that, and just finding people. So. I have never, ever, ever, in all the years that I've been teaching that class, never not had a couple of wind players. Incredible. I, I wouldn't that. have I, thought that, Gary. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. I remember yeah. when, when the year I was there, there, I think there was too many guitar players. Yes, so you there are always together. too many guitar players, yeah. We had the, which, which I was part of was the, uh, the ensemble, but, and I thought, this is going to suck, man. It's like just all guitar players. But I remember it was great, and I remember we did, uh, this Miles Davis, uh, you're under arrest. Right, you were in that. You were in that. And it went into like a, it went into like a James Brown thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I remember that, man. I, I remember you. that. I That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. getting to charts, thinking, "This is wow. This is like, this is really cool." Hey, wait a minute. I, I want to talk about this. You played. Speaking of James Brown, you played with him, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I um... okay, okay. You, you got to tell the story. Come on, man. Okay. A lot of okay. James Brown fans in in here. Yeah. So well, um, it's a really great story, and it's really brief. You know. Um, <laughs> Good and brief. I, okay. Well, because I was never a commercial player. You know, I, I'm commercial. I mean, TV shows and that kind of stuff. And I have a friend who um, who was really a great player. Couldn't didn't read a note did not read a note but was just had ears like we would listen to him play and we would go how how, how the hell does he play that you know how does he think of that because that's not written because he couldn't write he he would say i can't i can't play that it's written you know yeah. anyways he started he started getting a lot of gigs and he started sending me on gigs that's why i bought a stratocaster because of that because wow. I knew I was going to be subbing on TV shows and shit like that. And, okay. and I had to buy a Strat. I didn't have one. I was always a Gibson guy, big, meaty, you know, right. uh, hit you over the head kind of sound. <laughs> uh, more more, more bluesish. Well, you remember. You remember how I do. I, you I remember, know, man. Yeah. And, and, and so the irony of when you're on TV or you're in that scene is that when someone sees you and they and they'd heard about you, before they wouldn't call you because they heard about you but then now they'll call you because you're on tv right? right right so that's what happened i started getting loads of loads of calls to sub for all the other guitar players on tv and this one guy called me up and he said hey listen um there's a telethon and i can't do it and so do you want to do it and and for me you know i'm used to playing hasidic weddings that, that started on monday and ended on thursday you know and, and <laughs> you know I mean, like, uh, you know, stamina gigs, you know, and, 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 um, and so it, w it was great fun. And so, you know, uh, and plus it was really good money. You know, most of the money you make on those gigs are for rehearsals because you rehearse five days and then at the, uh, on the fifth day, it starts at night and then it goes to the next day and it's over, you know, anyways, we're, we're rehearsing on the fourth day and, and it's, it's, um, it's December the 5th. I remember the date. And all of a sudden, we're getting we're we're in the middle of a full full blown snowstorm, and we had no snow up until that point. And then the word gets out that and this is living in America time, okay? 
Right, that's, right. That's, that's the era. That's and, the period. And so we hear that morning that James is coming and he's going to play on the telephone. And me, I'm shaking in my boots because I've been listening to James since I'm 14, you know, and like, and now I'm in my mid thirties, you know, and it's like, I can't believe it. Not only am I going to, am I going to see him, but I'm going to play with him. <laughs> be cool to just see him, right? I just seeing him would be, would be enough for me because I learned so much just by listening to him, you know, mm -hmm. but so anyway, he comes and that's when he was married to Adrian. I don't know if you remember one of his wives there. Her name was Adrian. And here's the scene, Mike. Here's the scene. Uh, the flaps of the tent, because because it's an indoor arena, and and at all the entrances to the arena, from the inside, there's big flaps. It's all it's all like tarpaulins and shit like that. And and it's three o'clock in the afternoon on the last day of rehearsal, and the flaps open. And there, standing in the hole, in the hole, is James and Adrian, in in floor-length mink coats, wearing matching fire engine red suits underneath, wearing these big fucking shades. They're like this big, and it's it's inside, you know, it's inside. And I look and I go, yeah, man, you know, like yeah. that's what I that's what I would expect from James. Anyways, right. so. So I'll cut to the chase, and you know, he kind of, you know, he kind of saunters over, and we're playing two tunes. We're playing "Sex Machine" and "Living in America," and and of course there was a rush that morning. So I wrote out the rhythm section charts, and one of the horn players wrote out some horn lines and all that kind of shit, and and and, and we we finish, and we're doing we're, we're we're playing "Living in America" and "Sex Machine," and you know, James is on the organ like putzing around. The, who knows what he's playing? You know, it's, it's like, really, it whatever could be wants, anything. Right? Yeah, whatever he know, wants, James Brown. Whatever he wants, but it, but for some reason, for some reason, he's always managing to hit the right, the, in the in the time, he's always in the right place, you know? Yeah. So we finished that, and, 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 he, and he's standing on the side of the band where their conductor is, and he looks over to the rhythm section, and he goes like this. He goes, hmm. Me, because I've seen him like be nasty with his rhythm sections at yes, shows, you know, famous like stories, I've right? seen him like do some very uncool stuff right. and he's James and like, okay, but like you don't go over to, you don't go over to the organ player and literally push him off his chair, like push him off you know, or yeah. take the guitar off the guitar player and pull it off his neck. You're going to give him like three years of, 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 of physical therapy for that shit, you yeah. know? Yeah. And he's walking over and he's looking and he's, and he's, and he's walking over and he's coming right at me. And I figure <laughs> this is it. I'm dead. Right? Like he's, <laughs> he's going to pull a gun out of his coat and he's going to shoot me. Right? Like that. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, right? And I, I'm like, I swear to God, he gets this far from me. Like, literally, he's this far from me. And he says this, where you been hiding? And I go, <laughs> and I go, what? <laughs> and he goes, where you been hiding? You know? And it's like, my whole musical life was worth <laughs> 
that moment because James, who I was a freak for, yes, yes, and who I got so much stuff from, and mm. who, in mm. fact, I sent you some music. I sent you some music from 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 my new project. That well, it's not my new project. It's a, a bunch of us got together. The Groove right. Gang. You know, yes, yes. it's Hammond, the tenor, guitar, and and drums. And in that, we do some we do some funk stuff. And when I when I play, I start to understand it's all James. Everything is James. Yeah, all of that shit, you know, the funk thing. And, is, uh, and so it's the and on top of it all, I have it on beta tape. Oh that wow! I actually, that I actually That's got transferred. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I actually got transferred to to something else, which I know it's in my basement somewhere. I just don't know where it is. But uh, okay. You so get you know, digitize, Gary. You got to get that digitized, man, and yeah, yeah, share it with but, the world. I'd love to see that. Yeah, but I got news for you. I, I got news for you. Of course, in the live broadcast, what do you think would happen? Okay. There were yeah. there were sound problems coming from the TV end. So oh, the sound of the of the tune was cutting in and out, of course, you know, but okay. so so this is this is the really fun story of it is that's the background of like how James actually noticed me, you know, and yeah. um, it's a great story, man. Well, I, for me, it's it's, it's a really lovely memory because it basically yeah. validated everything that I thought that I was getting from him. And mm -hmm. like I say, James, James wasn't exactly, you know, if you, if you, if you see the films that are, that are, that were made about him, um, James was a tough guy, you know, James had a oh, tough man. upbringing, but James what was is, a tough guy, you know, yeah, and he doesn't even have to do that shit, you know? Yeah, no, of course, um, the stories are, are, are uh, incredible, the stories, finding the musicians and uh, trying to, trying to, you know, listening for mistakes and calling him out during the performance and Right, right. Saying, you know, I got you, meaning I got you. You're, that's $50 off your pay because yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. come in here and uh, not I paying the band. I mean, I think his whole entire band walked out on him and then he called Bootsy Collins and his brother and said to them, fuck y'all, I'll just get another band, you know. Right. Uh, and that's yeah. how Bootsy started to play with them, actually, you know. But, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And Bootsy wasn't exactly one for being on time either, you know, so. uh mm -hmm. Yeah, if there we're you gonna, go. If we're gonna, if we're, uh, uh, that's the that's the kettle calling the pot black, you know. It's uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Bootsy came for the for the festival here one year. He was four hours late for his show. <laughs> oh you my know? goodness! Four, he played. You played the jazz festival. Yeah, he played it. He played at the. He played at the at at, at a really nice place on uh, on Saint Laurent. It's it was a nice club. I forget the name of it. Waited mm. and waited and waited, and, and and it was Maceo who was the opening act. So it wasn't that bad, but after a while, I mean, Maceo stopped playing. He, he went off and like, everybody's looking at their watches and like Bootsy just like, well, he was infamous for that. But uh, I'm, the thing is, is that if you, if you look at old, old video of James and you see Bootsy when he first came in, like Bootsy came in with Papa, right? That's, that's when Bootsy started. Right. So Papa got a brand new bag is like a, a brand new bag of like a lot of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And 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 uh, in any case, I, you know, all to say that I'm a real funker. I still am, and and and, and I, I will go down. I will go down funking, you know. But uh, funking, but I'm but, holding but, the funk. Yeah, you know, but holding I, the I, I, high, high. Love it, love yeah, it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. It's still. Uh, I mean, I. Well, you guys, it's, 
you guys is, is, is that's that's what you do that's what that's the best that's the really great dance music you know i mean yeah i mean i try and insert it as, as often as i can i mean some stuff is it's kind of straight ahead and you know top 40 pop but i always try and put something in there with a little bit of funk and a little bit of uh yeah something interesting yeah. on the guitar yeah to bring something to the to the to the table you know if it's if yeah. i can yeah. yeah yeah if i can definitely love it man you know um Wow, it's a great story. That's a great story. So, how do you go? It's, it's it's so eclectic, Gary. You got James Brown over here, and then you put uh, this project together, uh, the music of of Ornette Coleman. I think they could have been two two artists farther from one another. And I don't know much about Ornette Coleman. I remember because I was into Pat Metheny. I think I bought an album called Song X. Yeah, yeah, right. Ornette played on that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. and that's that's the only experience. Uh, I mean, I don't really know much about him. Except um, it was really more kind of, uh, uh, and forgive me, I'm not sure what I'm talking about here, but a little bit more free, free form jazz. It wasn't. No, that's it. That's it. But people, yeah. people give people give that 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 people give that style a bad rap because I mean the guys who play free, um, you know, it's 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 not just playing anything, you know. Yeah. Guys no, who play great free. Um, I mean, I could also point to Coltrane and 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 Ohm and Crescent and and those records. And he's playing free, but you listen to it. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I'd want to go into a club and hear an hour forty minute set of it, you know? Right, because right. even for me as a player, yeah, it's a much more personalized kind of thing. But yeah. but but in 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 um in letting go, we took his we took his tunes and and uh, and and there were people and, and I had people who arranged the stuff and I kind of like tweaked it, you know, so because uh, I, I truly believe in letting people do what they can do well, let them do it, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and plus there was enough for me to, to organize in, in, a, in an 11 piece band. And I was also very, I'm a rather, as you are well aware, I'm a rather unconventional person. So the first incarnation there was one of my students, a pedal steel player, um, and and I had no problem with that. A very very talented guy, and and then in the next incarnate in the next incarnation, uh, when I realized that the pedal steel player couldn't, um, he told me that he just he couldn't make some of the things that we had. So I got a, I got a fiddle player who was absolutely phenomenal. Um, the fiddle player's name was is is was. Um, um, uh, Josh Zubat, and the, and 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 the pedal steel player, who was also a really great guitar player, his name is Joe Grass, and and they they were both my students, and they both played in the bands that you played in, you know. Wow. You, played, you know yeah, well, what, yes. was to, what was to, what was to become the eclectic. Yeah. And and um, and there were some other of my students in that band, uh, but it was generally stocked with pros. And uh, or people that I would that I play with and I did gigs with and you know over the years, mm -hmm. and um, we had a pretty good run, and uh, but I just got um, you know I, it, it, it's it's hard to book a band like that and especially oh, I, I, could, it, I could only imagine Gary yeah 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 it's and, but especially it's hard to book a band like that in a city that doesn't really have that bent to it you know mm -hmm. so. Um, Although I must admit, I won an Opus Award for the uh, an Opus Award is kind of like uh, the Quebec version of uh, of a Grammy for right. um, best jazz show of the year, and I got lots 
lots of really, really great um, reviews and stuff like yeah, that. I... And, it was, and it was because of that that I got that I was that I was um, I had an article written about me in Downbeat. And, like soft, um, soft, and yeah. uh, so, you know, it's uh, but that's that's just part of the musical life. And then there's a time when you say, uh, you know what? Enough's enough. You know, I, I, I got to get away from it, because when you yeah. start disliking what it is that you're doing or what's, you're, the, what's, or, what's the point, or you're, right? Yeah, well, or you're starting to look at it like it's too, there's too many details and I don't feel like taking care of the details, then it's time to put the project down because then you're just going to do it badly and you're just going to get pissed off, uh, mostly at yourself for not taking care of what it is that you needed to take care of. So, um, yeah. but, uh, but you know, it was, it was phenomenal and I had a great band. The people, actually the, uh, the CD is still for sale. It's, it's on wherever it is there. The, the name of the record is Letting Go, uh, The Music and Influence of Ornette Coleman. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's under my name, Gary Schwartz. And, um, and, and it's a, it's a really, it's a really, really uh, interesting record. And um, it, it evolved, it, it evoked all kinds of reactions from all kinds of people. Very cool. Uh, some mm -hmm. very, very good and some very, very angry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anger. I wasn't expecting it. I thought maybe, you know, we didn't really like that, that record, Gary, but like yeah, they're well, pissed off fact, about we, it. We did a concert at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a place here there was a center called the Sadie Bronfman Center and they used to put on jazz concerts. They had a right. jazz series. Yeah, and we played there and, and, and I, I love this story because um, um, I, I got, we did, a, we did a concert there and by the time I got home, I had gotten an email from a guy who, who said he hated the concert and he hated the music so much that it reminded him of the smell of rotting pigs. And, um, and so like, he really, really didn't like it, you know, really, really um, didn't like it. <laughs> and, and that was only and that was only one of the one of the examples that he brought up, you know, Oh man. and, and, um, and in fact, for me, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I wouldn't I would, because I've always had some lovely 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 um reactions to 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 the projects that that i've put together and plus i i talk to people like when we gig i talk to them from the stage like not having a conversation like we're having but no background, but they're, they're, background yeah. and letting them know what the music is about you know yeah and course. i've always had you know I've had, I've had lovely lovely um situations uh you know happen to me uh, uh as a result of that so uh, the fact that, that 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 this guy was so affected by it, uh, in a way, I almost took it as a compliment, you know, because he sat there all the way through it, and he made me understand that he sat there right to the end to hate it and, that much, and he hated it, you know. <laughs> so you know, uh, it's There's something, um, man. There's, there's an investment there in the music in a very very warped way. Yeah, I wonder like if you hate something that much, then get the hell out. Don't tell me it's because you paid thirteen dollars or fifteen dollars to see something that if you really th think you're going to be sick to your stomach, then yeah, get I the don't. Hell out, you know? I know, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yes, I don't think I've ever walked out. The only concert I ever walked out of was when I saw Chet Baker and Paul Blay at the Montreal Jazz Festival. Oh yeah, that was and at the that was at the uh, the the, uh, the big place, right? 
Yes, and Chet and Chet just couldn't hold it together for like two songs. Yeah, and they, yeah. they literally yeah. booed him off stage, and I was so distraught about it. I had to leave because Paul Blay was gracious enough to just carry on by himself. They yeah. came on and apologized. I was so upset about it. I just, I just yeah. had to go. He was just a hero of mine, and I wanted to hear him sing, and, yeah. and I wanted to hear his trumpet tone, and he yeah. came out. First of all, we walked in. All the house lights are up. He's sitting on a stool slumped over before right. the show starts. Right. Right. Sad, very sad. And when he yeah. went yeah. two yeah. songs into it, he just he wasn't there at all. It was very, very bad. Yeah. It's the only time I've yeah. ever left, left a concert. Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris and, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's because you felt so bad for him. You know? I did. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I said, "Wow, it's shame." I, yeah. So a anyway. Yeah, and as as I remember, he 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 passed not too long after that. You know. Yeah, I guess he in was a, in a very, in a very gr state. grisly story in Amsterdam. You know, so. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Well. Anyway, so where where do you, are you going? But is school going to be back on in in September, Gary? Or you you, you doubt it? No, it's going to be on, but it's going to be online, and and that's going to that's a whole other shitstorm, man. That's so like that's a, that's that's the last thing I want to talk about. So how is that going to work? Are you going to do lectures? Uh, like like was this is this what we're doing now? Would this turn into a lecture for 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 fifteen or twenty or thirty students? Well, I mean, if it's a lecture course, I guess yeah, this is how it would work. Okay. Um, and I am I, I I'm for the first time Concordia is offering a, a, a in its a, a, a jazz history course that has to do with the history of jazz guitar, and oh. and, and I'm going to be teaching it. Oh, I'd and, love to take that course myself, man. And that's and that's in the second term. Well, then it's really easy electronically to, you know, sign up as a free student, an étude libre. <laughs> and, you know, you, I mean, you pay your money, you pay your money, and that's it. Right. Although right. I'm not sure, I'm kind of hoping that we'll be able to go back into class, you know. Face to face, of course. Yeah, but yeah. but by the same token, um, by the same token, uh, like the playing courses for the first term, which really affects me because I still have the band, and right. and and um, and I still have students. And the idea of playing on song, well, the internet, the 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 um, the technology is not there yet, you know. Right, right. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe in another you know twenty years or fifty years or a hundred years or ten years, I don't know, you know. But yeah, it's pretty um, fast. But it, you can't play two people. If you and I had guitars, we would not be hearing hearing each other properly. But at the same time, we get it we can't cancel each other out, right? Yeah. Well, so um, while the internet is absolutely a phenomenal tool to do what we're doing. Yes. And um, Mike, I can't believe that you're in Singapore and I'm actually talking to you. I know. It's, it's, talking... it's amazing. I know. I know. I do this show every Friday and I'm talking to someone in uh, last week. Joe was in uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. Indiana, and then oh. I spoke to uh, another young lady. She was in Los Angeles, California, two weeks ago. Uh, uh, Alura, and you know, I spoke to Georgie's in Viet. It's in Vietnam. It's it's uh, it's incredible. This this part of the technology, I think, is uh, is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact that it's eroded our attention span to literally like when I'm looking at a musician, and I have to like beg him to put his phone down so I could I could talk about something. Yeah. I think is 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 the downside. Do, yeah, I, I, yeah. We never got to that. Do students bring their phones to class, Gary? And yeah, are they, they like 
Well, I got to check my Facebook, Gary. Hang on, I'll be right with you. I got to. No, I got to no, status. Well, they do. They do. But I tell them. I mean, I give them the, the thing at the beginning, that like that, like you, like you're in a class, so you put your phones away, you know. Right. Um, I mean, if it's an emergency, okay. But otherwise, I don't want to look up and see you sending texts, you know, or worse, sending texts to someone else in the class, you know, which has happened, by the way. <laughs> right. And and and, 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 um, and so um, it's it hasn't been <clears throat> it hasn't been that. That much of a problem of course okay. i've learned how to i've learned how to deal with it a little better at, right. at, in, in terms of how i express my dismay for those kinds of things mm -hmm. because apparently one thing that has happened in the year 2020 is that you're not really allowed to tell someone to not to do something twice uh you, you you're not allowed to have any kind of attitude or tone in your voice because you're infringing upon my freedoms, you know, except the problem is, is that your freedoms are infringing upon my freedoms, you know, so and, and under these circumstances, since I'm the boss, my freedoms are more important than your freedoms right now. Yes, you're, I would think so. You're I, in have people to take, I have people yeah. to take care of, you know. Yeah. And so if it's an emergency, yes, not if, if it's going to be like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm going to be late. Or another thing that I can't stand, I don't know if you if you remember, is people coming in late to class. Yes, I because do remember you do that. that to... Mike, how do you like it when your guys show up late for the gig? How do you like it? Uh, yes, hey. It's, uh, no, honestly, Gary, we, I've discussed this. I've had different band leaders on the show, and I ask musicians, you know, what's your pet peeve? And that usually is at the very top. It's like Perfect. people just don't show up on time and they just don't get it you know they don't respect each other's time or they have a very lame excuse about it you know it's there's one thing like you said there's an emergency something happened on the way to the gig uh, i was in an accident or something serious but if it's just they waltz in and they don't even excuse themselves for being late it's just like i'm here yeah. well yeah well you're you're supposed to be here an hour you know 50 even 15 minutes so i i, I totally get it and uh uh I've never done what you do in, in a classroom environment, but I could only imagine the frustration. You're in the middle of the, the class has started and now the door opens and, you know, everybody's interrupted and, oh yeah, here's, and then five minutes later, someone else waltzes in. Uh, I'd have trouble uh, dealing with that. But now is this like, um, can I ask Gary, is this like a, a, a Canadian rule or is this like the university's policy? Like we don't, uh, no, seriously, I know that it's, it's hard now. You know, I've criticized musicians in front of the band and they've taken me aside and say, almost with tears, like, you, you called me out, Mike. You called me out on, in front of the band. I said, I said, you're just playing the wrong chord. It's okay. I didn't say you were, you were stupid or ugly. I just said, it's, that's the wrong chord right there. So they make such a big, well, big thing about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yes, I knew what you mean. And that's, and that's another thing that, 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 that's happened is that now, um, I mean, obviously, timing is everything, right? Yeah, of course. It's, you know, and, and you don't—you never want to say something just to piss on somebody. No, because absolutely. because you only have you only have a certain number of free pisses, right? Until <laughs> until there's a full-blown revolution coming at you, you know. So you want to save them. You want to save them for the right time, you know. Uh -huh. And so, like, what's happened to me is is that, like, in classes. 
people come in late or the class is at 2.15 and they walk in at 2.14, you know, and I ask everybody to be here five to 10 minutes before so you can get your shit together and set up and check and ding, ding, doing, doing, you know, like, yeah. oh man, that somebody changed the settings on the base amp and like, it sounds like shit. So like, yeah, I got to fix it and all that because the re the real, the reality of it. And I heard what you said. Okay. But like the gigs that I do, if you come in late, you're not there tomorrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I have a better idea. Fuck your feelings. Okay. Like, yeah. how, how's, that? how's that? How's that? Okay. Like I got, I got a client to deal with. I got other band guys to deal with. There is so much going on here and you can't even get to the gig on time and do what you have to do. Mm. I work with horn players who get to the gig an hour before and I got news to you after the gig is over. They're still being, they're still sitting there a half an hour after kind of winding down. You know, right, I mean, right. this is baby stuff, man. This is, yeah, this is, yeah. there, there is, there's no room for that. It's yeah. not a matter of being disrespectful. The person who's being disrespectful is the person who's who's paying on the gig, who's paying on the gig that's paying him money to do it. And everybody wants those gigs. You can't get to the gig on time. Okay, if if, if I looked at you and I gave you a, a sneer because you played the, the same wrong chord, well, you know, you can tell me like you felt kind of weird, okay? Yeah. You can tell me that, yeah. but don't, don't make a big thing about it because you yeah. don't know what's going on in my life either. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How's It's time for an anecdote. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do we have time for an anecdote? We have time. We have time. Yes. We're, okay. We're, we're good. We're good. I just have a, one more thing I want to ask you before we go, but please, I want, I want to hear this. Okay. So I'm on a, I'm on a gig. I just got off um, because um I, I did, uh, I don't know if people know about this play called Les Miserables, it's actually a book, but yes, it's, it's all, it also turned into a musical in the late 80s, and I was fortunate enough to, to, to get the guitar chair, and, and it was always played on nylon string guitar, I was, it turned out I was one of the three or four people in the world who actually played it on nylon string, because, because the sound guys, like, they didn't want to get it together to mic a nylon string guitar properly. So they always made the guitar book a steel string because it projected, because it, it because yeah. it projected faster and, and it was, and it was clearer. I, so on the manage. other hand, I played a, yeah, I played a nylon string. Mm. In any case, um, 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 uh oh, what are we talking about? So Le, Le Miserable, we're, 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 there was an anecdote. We're talking about being late before that and pissing on the gig and whatnot. Okay, you know what? Um, um, welcome to welcome to year seventy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this happens to me. This happens to me, man. I talk to my wife sometimes, and I I leave the room and I come back in, and I'm just like. What was I gonna say? I don't. I just. It's like it's gone completely from my 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 mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I but, know it was. I know it was a good story, but it, and if I remember it, and there's time, I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. But I love it, man. I, I, I mean, uh, just the fact that you would do that, they got it together. It must have brought a whole different tonality and sound to to, to the show. I mean, nylon string to electric, right? Well, uh, but it was it was a double. It was an electric, like like low fuzzed out Stratocaster Fs right at the bottom. Okay, okay. 
with, with with a bass trombone try getting in tune with that you know okay okay you no know? thank you I, yeah no thank you that's it but i loved it because i took it as a personal challenge right okay and as a matter of fact a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the main tunes in that book were with nylon string guitar and and the biggest compliment i ever had because you know that that, that those kind of bands with winds in in them and especially oboes they tune to the oboe right I wouldn't know you, that you, I've never done I've never done a gig like that before. Yeah, so and symphonic and quasi-symphonic and pop stuff, the orchestra tunes to the oboe. Okay. And it, and that, that just might give you an idea of what a pain in the ass it is to get an oboe to get in tune, you know, mm -hmm. and why they're there and why they have a glass full of reeds and anyway. Okay. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, we were somewhere. And and because uh, we were on tour and we were doing the tour and and it got to the point that I was I, I I was able to play so in tune that when we went to another place, the conductor actually said to the strings, "Play, play the tuning of the guitar," okay. which is like and, and we and we got thirty strings there, you know. And if you've okay. ever played with strings, there's something very beautiful about singing, seeing the bows. And all you could see is the bows. They look like birds, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely wow. beautiful. That was another anecdote, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I've never done that. I, I would have loved to have done that. I've never played any, yeah. anything symphonic or uh, I played with horn sections before. I don't think I've ever played with, with strings uh, in a live yeah. environment on stage. I mean, horn sections is love having that. Back in the day, we, you know, George and I had some funk bands and we'd hire three horns, three students from McGill. One guy would write charts and come in and just, yeah. you know, push the air behind you. I remember playing and hearing the horns, you know, the, the hits and the stabs and oh my goodness. Beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful. And now you're telling me, now you're telling me that people aren't really drawn to, uh, to, to horns as much. Um, no, well, it's uh, not that it's, it's you know it's 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 just another thing. I mean, we're lucky in yeah. Montreal. We have a couple of places where there's there there's still uh, when they play funk and R and B, there's a couple of horns, or there's projects that there are two three horns on on, on the gig, you know. And, right. Uh, and because right. uh, it you know it's it's a it's it's part of that sound, and no matter what kind of sampling, it's not it's still not the same, you know. Yeah, so. I agreed, agreed. It's gotten close, but it, I don't think it's ever going to be the same as a human being pushing moving air like that in excuse me in the room oh and, and also uh, moving air with their with their presence you know yes yes exactly exactly so and that's feeling the, a vibe feeling feeling the trumpet player giving you a look like this when you're playing a line with him like can't you play in tune you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we've we talked about horn. we've talked about this you know we so, love our horn players yeah uh, that's them that's them talking to us can't you play in tune? You know, mm -hmm. in their minds, the the the, the balloon, minds, the balloon yeah. over their heads, that balloon over yeah. their heads. Uh, I want to just say, there's one more message here uh, uh, from Julie. Please tell Gary that I got to thank, uh, I got to thank Christopher Jackson for his teaching a year before he passed. Yeah, he passed. That's it. Yeah, oh, okay. Chris, died, Chris died a number of years ago. Yeah. Okay. I didn't really, I didn't uh, study. I didn't know Chris. Yeah, Chris was a Chris was a, a very very renowned choir conductor. Okay. And and Chris um, Chris had two brothers, Timmy Jackson, who was a monster jazz pianist. And I've done I did I've played with Timmy a lot. Timmy's Timmy's 
Timmy's suffering a bit now, but um, and okay. his younger brother Peter, who who was in my theory class, and who we got along famously. It's um, because for me, it's like I got to see the Jackson family, you know, and I got to see the resemblance of how they would speak and how they would react, and it, it just like you know, I, I'm still like that, you know. If something's funny, I'll just giggle, you know, because like, why not? It's, not making fun of anybody, you know. And yeah. in any case, uh, Peter got really, really sick, very, very young, and he passed. Oh. And and so now, now, uh, now, um, and and and, uh, but Chris, Chris was a very, very talented guy. He ran. He was the chair of the department several times, the music, and then he became the dean of of the faculty of fine arts. I see. And um, he tried doing whatever he could do to kind of maintain that. Um, the 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 um the presence of the music department because again like i've mentioned earlier the music a music uh, department and a music faculty is an extremely expensive undertaking for the university because there are so many courses that are not atypical of university course load. i see i yes. see mm -hmm. mostly the performance right yeah. that's what you do a lot a lot of stuff that you do uh everything i do is that even yeah. even even the history course is yeah. going to be a performance course because like hey you hear that that was yeah. the first time anybody ever played that you know yeah like, yeah i know i'd love to, i'd love to take honestly i i'm going to look into it i will speak later i i'd like to do that man i mean that just sounds really cool really interesting and i i love it i remember doing jazz history uh when i was there i think with andrew Omsi yeah. and it was yeah the, you know the listening classes he, he'd play stuff for us and we'd have to go home and listen to it and then he you know, the exam would be, okay, who's this? Who's yeah. that? Which big band? Is that Duke Ellington or is that? Yeah, love it, man. Love it. But, you know, I, that's that's me. That's me. Yeah. I kind of, I'm a music buff as well as a musician. You know, I yeah. love that. Well, that's Mike, Mike, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, it's the common, it's the common outlook of guitar players, you know. Let yeah. them talk about pedals and cables and amps and that's it. That's all they care about. You know, they don't care about music. <laughs> <you know. laughs> right, right. Those damn guitar players. Gary, yeah, listen, yeah. I, I, I always ask uh, my guests at the end of the show, we're coming to the end now. Uh, okay. First of all, I want to thank you so much for coming on, taking the time to do this today. It's been very enjoyable oh, for me. You know, I have to tell people the, the, the Tom Hanks movie where he's stranded, but you would remember because uh, we're more from uh, that time. I think we used to call it your desert island picks. You know, if you were stranded on a desert okay. island, okay. Uh, that kind of thing. So I always yeah. ask the guests, uh, if you're stranded on the island and you can only choose three artists that you could oh. source, their whole catalog, but you'd have to choose. I know it's tough because I know, I mean, in this chat, we've talked about, you've gone from James Brown to Ornette Coleman and, you know, coming up in the sixties, getting your first guitar right before, you know, the, the, the British invasion and everything and, and living through all this music. But I'd love to hear if you could, if you could give me, um, or even just humor me, and give me three three artists that uh, you would take on the island with you. Okay, so you you know um, you heard the one about the uh, the guitar player that uh, <laughs> it's it's a little one. It's just a little one, okay? okay. A guitar player's guitar player is on his way to a gig, and uh, he stops off in front of a depth. For, for your for your for your audience, a depth is a, is a convenience store. 
Definitely. And he wants to run in. He, uh, uh, and he's not a guitar. He's not. Excuse me. He's not a guitar player. He's an accordion player. And he's got his accordion in the back seat. You know. And he double parks his car. He puts the flashers on. He runs into the depth. And and he buys a pack of cigarettes. Comes back. He sees the back windows completely smashed out. There's seven more accordions in the back seat. <laughs> Yes, I get it. I, I love it. I love it. There you go. Where's my accordion? Oh, look at all these accordions, man. <laughs> you ever do okay. a with an accordion player? Um, I think at some point, some strange gig, I think perhaps there was, yes, someone on stage squeezing, squeezing some something next to me at some, I forget, randomly, but not, not on a regular basis. No. Yeah. no. Okay, I'm sorry I brought it up. That's okay. No, I know. No, I think it's a great joke. It might have been a wedding or some—I don't know—some kind of an event. It was definitely an event. It wasn't in a club. It was an event, yeah. and then suddenly there's a guy next to me, you know, doing this, squeezing, yeah. squeezing this. The, so you want to know my three guys? Yes, I want to know your your three picks, man. Yeah. But like, like in general, in general, like my my my, my three guys would be Miles, Jimi Hendrix, and and Bill Evans. You know, oh. that that would be that would be my three. You know. But Great. but it's not but it's not fair because it's not fair to have three because I can give you another three you know okay like, so those okay great those are your first three and what you, you did know. is you found a raft you made your way to a, to the neighboring island but you right, forgot right. to bring the device with you so you get three more yeah so I get three more so it's um so it's it it it's um uh, I said Miles already right you said Miles and you said Hendrix. And, and, and Bill Evans, yeah. And Bill Evans, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the next one, the next one would be uh, uh, Sonny Rollins and 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 Jim Hall and 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 um, and someone else. You know, maybe even. Um, well, I'm a big Schofield fan. You know. So I am I. So am I. I. I yes, yes. And I, this doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the guitar because, like, you know. Uh, I just really like those guys, you know. That's all. I thought you might have said Wes. Um, or or um, well, that's, don't you that's like the, the third? Canadian, Ed, that's the third Ed, island. Or what's the yeah, Canadian Ed, guy? The Ed, uh, the, play, the, the Canadian guy to play the Telecaster. Yeah, Ed. Ed. Bigger. Ed. Ed. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a fan of him him as well, I believe. I, I'm. Uh, well, he changed he changed a lot of the harmonic shit on the guitar. You know, it's. Uh, I'm a yeah. tremendous fan of his. And uh, yes, I remember that, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, we're getting into the guitar. This is the guitar portion of the show, folks. If we stay in a bit longer, because we're getting into the actual guitar part of the show. Well, well, just just remind me. Just remind me about the Ed story, because we don't. I know that we don't have time for me to tell all the stories, but uh, the Ed story is a good one. Oh so, no! Please, if you know, let's let's do it. Let's do yeah. it, man. Because yeah. this is a, um, anyway. When when I heard Ed, when I heard Ed um, play, it was through um, it was through a, a bebop piano player named Sadiq Hakim, who um, uh, whose real name was Argon Thornton. But Sadiq Hakim, you know, the, like the jazz musicians of the of the fifties, they they went into um, um, whatever the the thing is, the the, the spiritual trip. Uh, uh, it's not Buddhism. It's something else. Okay, but you, you but, end up uh, changing your name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and um, like Muhammad Ali, you know, like yeah. all of that. So um, and and Sadiq told me uh, because I was really into I was really into harmony and I've always been into harmony um, on the guitar. He said, "Man, you should you should you should hear Ed, you know." 
and and Sadiq had moved to Toronto and then moved back and uh, and I was taking some lessons with him and he kept on yelling at me that I sounded like a country guy but this is like a real bebop guy you know it's, oh you studied uh, with him is, huh well I, yeah I, I went to his house for some lessons he, he okay, just okay. going out with someone that I knew you know right and um I finally got to 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 see Ed and of course it freaked me out because the the sounds that I had in my head and considering the fact that he played a telly and it wasn't it wasn't the West sound it wasn't the Kenny Burrell sound it wasn't the Grant Greet sound it wasn't the George Benson it wasn't Martino it was like it sounded like an electric piano but it was a guitar you know and and I was and I was really 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 attracted to that and um so um, Ed finally started coming to Montreal, and as a matter of fact, he gave a, a kind of a, a talk, not a clinic, because if if you asked Ed, Ed, why don't you give a clinic, you know, Ed would go, well, what am I going to say, you know, like he was one of those guys, like right. he learned how to do it by doing it, you know, it was right. He couldn't really really verbalize it, explain it. I'm playing this over this chord, and I here I'm no, thinking. No, he, he uh... didn't. No, he didn't talk that way. He just knew a million tunes. And he really liked that sound. And so, and when I was playing with Ray, Ray played with Ed for years. And it was, you know, the nicest thing that Ed could say to him, that, that Ray could, could have said to me was like, hey, man, Ed be proud of you, you know? Like, you yeah. Know? So yeah. anyways, so, I, so I, I rush into a club, you know, Ed has finally started coming. And it's, it's the end of the night. Uh, by the way, spent a lovely evening with Charles Ellison and I. We waited to see Ed one night and we spent the whole evening there and we had a great time um, so this was another time that I went to see Ed and I was coming from a gig and I I got there I knew it was the end I catched the last, last little part of it and I got in and I heard three or four tunes and I walked to the back and my hair was like I just got a haircut a little while ago but usually my hair is kind of like I look, look like I have a halo you know? yeah, yeah it's up there. <laughs> and um, still you know and, <laughs> I love it uh, way to go you know and um, <laughs> And, and I come up to Ed, and I must have been walking in, walking towards him, and, and there was light, so the light was streaming through my hair again. And I walked up to him and said, hey, Ed, oh, it's so nice to see you again. And, and uh, you know, I got here, I heard three or four tunes. Uh, and he says, yeah, you know, I, I saw when you came in. You know, I recognized you by your halo. <laughs> the hair, man. People don't know that you get your hair cut, but usually it's, yeah, yes. It, it's kind of more out that way, right? Yes. So, I see, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to copy your style, Gary. To, yeah, 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 yeah. But you've all obviously been quaffed lately, you know, so. I've been I'm, quaffed. Yeah. I've been quaffed. <laughs> Let me but, ask but, you. Know, you it's just, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's a great, great story, man. Let me just throw out another guitar player. I mean, we might as well go a little longer that sure. I didn't really know until check out that much until re recently well maybe the last few years is uh, is lenny lenny bro well lenny yeah lenny we see lenny and ed grew up at the same time and, and they were both from the prairies lenny was from winnipeg ed was right. from Saskatchewan, which is which is ironic because if you think that two guys who possibly changed the, the path of electric guitar playing yeah although ed was so quiet that you that you hardly ever knew he was there and ed was the first canadian guitar player to play at the Village Vanguard, I found out. Okay. Which, Very cool. Yeah, in the early 60s. But Lenny was a horse of another color because Lenny was, grew up with country music, right? Right. Like, did you know that? I didn't know. I don't know that. See, even till today, I just happened to, uh, you know, I, I've always seen seen his name, of course. 
Yeah. And it's one of those things that's on, on my list. Oh, I got to check so-and-so out. And I just never really got around to him uh, checking him out until a few years ago. And I was like, wow, like yeah. some of the yeah. stuff he's playing. I was like, But oh not my. so much, Mike, not so much. It's, it's not the harmonics per se. Uh -huh. well, also, Lenny kind of cheated, but even Lenny cheating is still like times X further than anybody could ever even conceive of it. Because yeah. he played a seven string, right? You know, he had a high, okay. he, he had a, he had a high D on his guitar. Okay. I didn't know and, that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and um, Lenny, Lenny's parents were country music, like stars. They did radio shows. So Lenny was on the radio playing guitar when he was three, you know? Wow. Okay. So he was in it from a very early age. Yeah. 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 And, and as a matter of fact, um, his daughter, um, um, she's, she's, uh, there's a couple of films and she was responsible for, having the second film done, just Lenny Bro and, and, and relationships. You look it up, I forget her name, but um, she's very, very active in, in, in reestablishing Lenny's, Lenny's place in history. And of course, Lenny, was, um, Lenny was, a, was a finger style player, but he played jazz. And um, it, it was, you know who was incredibly influenced by him was, was, a, was a, a guitar player, his name is John Knowles. John okay. K N O L. I think uh, I've seen the name. K N O W W L E S, yes. and he was the one that wrote the book on Lenny Bro guitar style. That was John Knowles who wrote the book. Okay, right. and right. he knew Lenny. He had, went, you know, uh, as 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 people say now in the day, you know. Right. And, um, yeah. Well, Lenny was Lenny was phenomenal. Uh, you know, I mean, but Lenny was a freak, man. Like so I, know, I know very little about him, very little about him. I just came across him, like I said, a few years back and just really caught my ear. I forget what I was listening to, you know, his approach. Yeah, yeah it was, it, Lenny was like, in a way, he was just, so, he was just out there, you know? It's mm -hmm. like the way that, the way that he, he turned, the way that he expanded the polyphony of the, of the guitar was just, well, just give a listen. Give a listen yeah, and write yeah. me a little email telling me, yeah. boy, were you were were you conservative in your in the way <laughs> in your in your uh, him, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. I'll I'll do that, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. I could uh, I could we could go on another hour. I could you know mention a bunch of other guitar players. So maybe we'll have to do a, a show just based on guitar because maybe some of our viewers are like, oh, they're going to talk about guitar now for forever. But uh, yeah, I just yeah. know you've got such a background in it and you know all these guys and uh, worth worth touching on. Good, good well, choices for, for the island. Good choices for the uh, the, the island, definitely, man. Oh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And, you know, I'm really into horn players and I'm really into piano players. So it's like, it's very, um, and I'm really yeah. into drummers and I'm really into, oh man, forget yeah, it. Yeah, really it's, it's hard. I know, I know. That's why I would never want to be asked the, the question to myself because I would have to duck it. Because I, I, yeah, so you only three, that's it. You only take three with you to the island. And like, but since, since you're more. talking about three, I'm just going to throw something at you. Like mm -hmm. as far as like the ultimate trio, if we're talking about jazz trio, yes, it's Evans, it's Evans with Scott Lafaro and 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 and, uh, and Paul, Paul Motion. Paul you know? Motion on drums. Those those Vanguard records, they they set they set they set the standard, like for for that. And then there's yeah. the Miles Band with Jimmy Cobb and 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 and. Uh, 
and 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 uh, ah, who's the bass player? Paul Chambers, you know. Paul and then, Chambers, right? And then right. and then Miles' rhythm section with Tony and Ron, you know, and Tony like, and uh, young Tony and uh, yeah, wow, you know, of course. Like Tony was too young to play in the clubs, you know. So they yeah, so Miles yeah. stuck a mustache on him. You must have heard yeah. that. Story, you know? <laughs> right, right. Great story, man. I know yeah, yeah. we we can go on and on. I think we just we have more musical uh, references. Uh, sure. Then when I ask younger musicians, it's usually a bit easier for them because they might not have delved into that or the, that catalog or, or they didn't grow up with it, you know, so they don't yeah. have the same uh, same reference. They just go one, two, three, boom, 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 you know, and they're always good choices or interesting sure. choices. Of course. You know, if of course. vocalists have choices, guitar players have choices, and, uh, yes. you know, uh, I've asked but DJs my, my, what my, their choices are. You know, my choices are not so much guitar players, though, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. That's, that's the thing for me is that, I have guys who, who are markers in my life, like some of the guys that I mentioned, Jim and, and Wes yeah. and Kenny and Ed yeah. and, 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 you know, I mean, and, and uh, I mean, just off the bat, but, but I mean, music is so much more than guitar, you know, I mean. Absolutely, of course, of course. You know, yes, I, I know, I, 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 I think I haven't played much, I've been off four months and I, I, I honestly, I just kind of gave it a break. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone just thought I would just hunker down and like a squirrel and just four months, I'm off for a month. Oh my goodness. Let me, and I literally just kind of put it, put it aside for a while yeah. and I kind of tinker around on the bass now and I'm really enjoying that. I don't know. Yeah. I guess well, I'm I getting old. Mary. For, for whatever it's that no, thing no, again. No, 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 forget that. Forget that. <laughs> don't go there. Okay. Cause the inferences are too weird, you know? So, uh, but no, no, uh, this is, you know, man, people are, people like got zapped with like some kind of weird cosmic thing. I mean, how could we not get zapped? Yeah. This yeah. Happened in, in the history of, of recorded history. Yes. You know, yes, like, I know. especially in North America. Yeah. Because this is world, man. This is world. Like we have our, our media is capable of tracking it all over the world. You know, mm -hmm. it's incredible. There, man. No yeah. place, there is no place that it, that it's not going, you know? Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's 24-7. You put the news on, and welcome to Corona COVID TV. I mean, it's, yeah, it's uh, definitely quite a situation we're living through. Strange times indeed, man, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. Historic, historic times. You know, I, I was saying to some of my uh, my colleagues and other musicians, this is, you're living through history right now. Absolutely. This is, you're living through history. This is, you know, this is going to be remembered. It's going to go hundred years from now, they're going to reference, oh, 2020, the COVID, oh yeah, the COVID thing, man, you know, wow. Oh yeah, and then, and then you're going to have some guitar player go, man, I lost a shitload of gigs, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, listen, I'm going to wrap it up, Gary. Once again, I want to thank you very much for coming on and doing this. Uh, we went okay, a little bit right. over, but I love it. I love it. Lots of great stories. And, yeah. um, Anytime, um, man. You know. We'll we'll uh, we'll be more in touch because now we have Zoom in our lives. We could Zoom each other. Yes, we can. And, and anytime you ever want to continue our, our 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 chat, just send me a Zoom notice, man. And you know, absolutely. And I'll and I'll cash in my airline ticket and run to my computer. You know, so. Uh... <laughs> All right, Gary. Well, listen, thanks once again. I want to thank Omar for always uh, for helping us out producing the show. It's been great. Uh, Gary, thank you. And we'll see you guys uh, yes. next Friday night on Beyond Notes. And thank you, you, everybody, and stay safe. Before you go, yes. can you give George yes. a big hug for me when you see him? I will give George, I will definitely give George a big hug. 
when I get to see him, when we can yeah. start traveling again, I will yeah. well, I'll yeah. send him a virtual, a virtual hug. For the time being, from me to you. Will do. You know. will do. Thank you, Gary. All right. Take care. Take care, man. Thank you All very right. much. Take yeah. care, everybody. Bye-bye.